Hi, we are Caro, Leon and Greta, a mix of PhD students at the TU Darmstadt. We would like to know more about the research at our university and will interview other PhD students every two weeks. Hi! So in today's episode, we will talk with Lisa from the working group of Beatrix Süß from TU Darmstadt about RNA aptamias. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> so Lisa, um, how are you? Very well. Perfect. So let's talk about your uh, PhD project today. Mm -hmm. So when exactly did you start your PhD? Uh, I started my PhD in June 2022, uh, 2021. <laughs> It's uh, 2023 now, and uh, I'm in my um, second year now. I'm now a senior PhD, my uh, supervisor told me <laughs> last week. So, yeah. Nice. So, why did you choose to do your PhD in Germany, especially at the TU Darmstadt? It was because of Beatrix. She was my first supervisor of my master thesis. I um, did it in Frankfurt. And um, I talked about uh, PhD with her and she said, oh, maybe I got a um, position for you and uh, maybe we can talk about it. And then we talked uh, later about it and I was very interested in and then I decided to come here. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a really cool opportunity to do. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was really, it was like a dream because I also applied for other jobs and um, they always said, oh, hmm, more or less, um, more PhD maybe, or do your PhD or have more experience. Super and, cool. Yeah, Beatrix was my, mm, what is it called, a savior. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, maybe can you tell us a bit more about your background? So uh, where, where did you do your bachelor's and where did you do your master's? Mm -hmm. I began with my uh, study in an, uh, Applied Science or University of Applied Sciences in Bing with my bachelor in biotechnology. And then I uh, made a more uh, specification more to biotechnology um, with a more biology focus, uh, less technology. And then after I uh, did my bachelor, I was <clears throat> thinking about uh, to go in the, or in the industry or to do it on the university. And then I applied for a master in Frankfurt for molecular bioscience. And there I get more and more to the RNA structure stuff and more and more to RNA stuff. And yeah, then I did my uh, master thesis in RNA structure biology. And there I come to Beatrix and now I'm a synthetic biologist. That's cool. <laughs> so you um, had a lot of experiences in other cities. Yes. <laughs> so would you describe you yourself more as a like standard or like natural biologist? Uh, no, <laughs> definitely not. I never got so, uh, so much with uh, um, botani uh, botanical stuff or uh, ecolo ecological stuff or something like that. Uh, I got more with the technical stuff and as well as the synthetic stuff. So I 
produce more not the natural kind of molecules or, or RNAs or um, I work more with the uh, molecules that I self-made or uh, self-design so it's more a design thing and less a natural thing so um, let's talk about science so what research project is your working group Agisus focusing on so we have very, very different projects. So there is uh, one more development and um, uh, development part, which are uh, design riboswitches or aptamers, some PhDs. And then we have some PhDs which are working more in the application um, area with mammalian cells, yeast cells and bacterian cells. <laughs> So um, we have a um, wide um, spectra of, um, of working fields in the group. But we are all working with RNA. We are all RNA fans. So this is our main focusing on. So it's yeah. a relatively large group, I think. Yes, yes. We have about uh, nine PhDs uh, at the moment, I think. Uh, and we have also a subgroup uh, with two, three PhDs. And uh, yeah, we have a really nice <laughs> environment, but we are very large, I think. But uh, there are larger groups. But So yeah. you said your working group is focusing on RNA mainly. Yes. Could you describe it in simple words? What is RNA? <laughs> I think DNA is, is mostly known to uh, the people listening. Yes. But what is RNA? So, um, yeah, DNA as the basic code um, and RNA as the um, transcription of the basic code. So it's a copy of the basic code. And there are two parts of RNA can roughly um, divide it in. Uh, we have first the uh, coding RNAs, which are more for proteins and other functions in the cells. And then we have the non-coding parts, which uh, the RNA uh, can uh, is not coding for any further molecules. Uh, so it's um, only the RNA which functions as uh, ligand or um, uh, transfer a molecule or an interaction molecule. So could I imagine like DNA is like a cooking book and you can do like a transcript of it, which is called RNA and proteins are then the final dish that you could cook. Yeah, that's a very good example for it. Yes, I think. Uh, yeah, perfect. And, and you are working with RNA that has basically no function or not known function. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it has no um, biologic uh, function at the beginning, but we are having um, so-called RNA aptamers, for example, which have um, the function to bind uh, some molecules or um, proteins, uh, um, as well as antibiotics, for example. And um, uh, they are very good in it because they have very high affinities and a very high specificity. And the specific properties are, um, are we using for our work where to uh, design new aptamers and new RNA molecules to uh, get a more, um, to design new tools for gene expression, for example, or splicing. Mm -hmm. 
So now you mention RNA aptamers. Yes. It's a complicated word. <laughs> so could you maybe uh, describe what, what are aptamers? So aptamers are um, molecules. Are, it could be DNA or RNA. We are working only with RNA, um, which uh, bind some specific molecule. It could be a protein. It could be an antibiotic or what else. Uh, whatever you like <laughs> and um, this uh, through its secondary or um, higher structure it uh, can interact with the ligand and um, can bind it with a very high specificity and affinity so um, it's like a key lock thing for example and that's known like for the enzymes Sounds really interesting. <laughs> and that's what you're doing your PhD about, right? Yes. <laughs> so could you give us maybe more details? Yeah, I'm uh, working with uh, or I'm designing or select new aptamers for proteins, which are uh, already binding um, DNA. So I'm uh, working with DNA binding proteins and um, they are very useful to design new gene expression tools, for example. And yeah, we're having their uh, process called Zelex process I'm working with. And uh, this process is uh, used to, um, uh, to get new uh, aptamers out, uh, out of a selection process. And after that, I have to characterize the aptamers which are coming from uh, this process and uh, to establish them in, in vivo cells. Sounds like a really uh, complicated process. Yes. <laughs> so why is your topic really exciting and relevant? <laughs> so it's uh, very exciting because there are there are genetic tools uh, which are we using, uh, but there are not enough. So um, it's always too good to get more tools uh, for your uh, own work. And uh, yeah, it's also very interesting what we can do with it. So we can um, uh, regulate uh, some gene expression to make the cell turn green or something like that. But that's always more playground for us. But you can also use it for um, antibiotica resistance um, production and so on and so on. And um, I'm using um, out of the Zilex process, I'm using then a screening system, which is based on GFP fluorescence to get um, the best candidates and then to optimize them uh, via optical. That's um, cool. So control. you mentioned Zilex a lot. Yes. What is Zilex? It's uh, abbreviation of a systematic evolution. Uh, of ligands <laughs> by exponential enrichment. So wow. a long word. <laughs> it's a long word. <laughs> Therefore, it's the abbreviation Salix so good. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's starting all with an RNA library. We have an R uh, we have a DNA library in the first step, uh, which contains about ten in power of fifteen sequences. And uh, this uh, sequences we transcribe in RNA. That's the first step. Um, 
and this RNA sequences we um, uh, put on the ligand. And the ligand in my case is a protein which uh, is, can be bound to magnetic beads. And uh, so the ligand, in this case the protein, is immobilized and we can uh, throw the RNA on the ligand <laughs> and look how or what binds and everything that not binds can be washed away. So that's the first step of selection. And after that, we have an elution step uh, where we elute all the RNA or everything that bounds to the protein. And um, this elution, we retranscribe it in DNA to get it more stable because of uh, the bad uh, guy RNAs, <laughs> which can destroy RNA very easily and DNA is more uh, stable. Uh, to store and uh, yeah then we make the second round of Selex with uh, the pool we get from the first round and this we do as long or so long until we get an enrichment which uh, shows us okay we got more and more binders or interactions with our ligand and uh, then we start with screening so then the there is a very high possibility that we get an aptamer out of the select process and then we can start with the screening um, in vivo because uh, the whole select process is not in the cell uh, it's uh, in vitro uh, so it's cell free so this sounds like a really complicated and long process Yes. So how long does one Selex round take? So one Selex round uh, takes one day, but we need about um, 10 to 20, sometimes 27 rounds to get an enriched pool. And therefore you can um, <laughs> uh, think about how long it takes to get an, a new aptamere or a new pool for aptamere. Ah, wow, so it's so, a really long process. Yes. <laughs> so just in short, it's like you have like random sequences of RNA and you screen for the best candidate so that yes. you have an uh, aptamere which is made of small RNA yes. molecules. Yeah, small RNA molecules. We have uh, about yeah, uh, the RNA sequences about 50 to 100 nucleotides and we randomize um, only a part of it because we have also constant sequences which are um, uh, useful to get uh, the reverse transcription because we need primers which can um, every, uh, bound every sequence to retranscribe it in DNA. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so what are some difficulties to solve? Mm, so first, the Zilex process has many difficulties. It's very sensible and sensitive uh, uh, process uh, because uh, also temperature or slightly changes in percentage of uh, some um, salts in the solution are making very high differences. And therefore, uh, every Zilex has to be as continuous and um, uh, yeah, similar uh, similar to each round, as each round has to be similar than the last. So we have to uh, 
very be careful <laughs> that uh, every so the time is also a very um, changing factor because you ha only have four, five minutes sometimes to get something through uh, because after that the selects process more can be eluded or less or something like that and you have to be very continuous in your working flow and other problems uh, after that is that we can uh, enrich uh, some binders in the Silex, which are very good in the in vitro binding, but very bad in the in vivo binding. So we have to solve the problem um, to uh, turn or to transfer the system from in vitro to, uh, to the cell. So that's also a very difficult uh, thing to do. So the whole process is split. So you have the enrichment, which is out of the cell. Yeah. And then you have the selection, which is in cells again. Yeah. So how do you make sure that the RNA aptamers that you select in the end are the best? Are they the same in vitro? So um, outside of the cell and also the best inside of the cell? No. <laughs> That's, uh, um, I think, no. Nowhere the case uh, in our Silex processes uh, ever, but uh, so we have to um, design. So we got a lot of aptamers which are function in vivo, uh, in vitro, and uh, out of them maybe one or two can slightly function in vivo, but uh, some uh, in the most uh, most times we have to screen further for um, other uh, sequences. And uh, they are sometimes at um, hundreds of times lower in the enrichment than the first, uh, first or the best binder in the in vitro process. So uh, there is a lot of optimization and screening after that. And um, yeah, I think uh, it's due to the cell environment that it's not easily to. Um, uh, compared with the in vitro and the in vivo. So there are a lot of other uh, climates <laughs> there. So Sounds like a really complicated, but also fun project. Yes. <laughs> so I would like to ask you one last question. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite, favorite part about your topic? Or is there like one sentence takeaway that you can <laughs> give us? Uh, about my topic um, it's exciting to get to design a new tool which can then be used for uh, for others uh, to do their work uh, to or do their research and it's also very cool that I'm working with GFP something like that and um, I'm always happy when it's uh, uh, the cell turn green or lights <laughs> light green because uh, um, yeah, then the Aptamir is working or something, and that makes me also very happy. <laughs> Sounds cool. Yeah. Colorful is, also, is yeah. always nice. Yeah, colorful is always nice, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So I think that's it for this today's episode, or do you would like to add something else? Mm, I would uh, say that's also very important when you do your PhD that you have a very nice or um, supportive uh, environment in your working group and um, that's for me definitely the case and I'm very happy to go every day, day there <laughs> and yeah I think that's very important too for your uh, doing your PhD. 
so you make it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's super important. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for this nice conversation about yeah. your PhD. Thank you, too. <laughs> And, yeah. Bye. So, bye. We are Caro, Leon and Greta, a mix of PhD students at the TU Darmstadt. We would like to know more about the research at our university and will interview other PhD students every two weeks. See you in two weeks then. Bye.